smartcast you are listening to a mint production brought to you by hd smartcast hi i am avinav kaul and welcome to this edition of why not mint money podcast the pharma sector looks set for a good show over the next 5 years after underperforming over the last one year over a one year period pharma funds have delivered a negative return of 11% to investors on a long term basis though This thematic category has been among the top performers. Today we have with us Aditya Khemka, fund manager at Incred PMS who manages a healthcare portfolio. Khemka will talk about the outlook of pharma sector and subcategories that look interesting within this broad theme. Let's listen in. Hi. Welcome to Why Not Mint Money, a personal finance podcast where we help you understand basic money concepts and share strategies for you to build your wealth. So let's get started on your money journey. Hello Aditya welcome to why not mint money podcast thanks thanks for having me so my first question is pharma firms were top performers post covid breakout so what has led to the underperformance in these firms over the past one year so look we don't uh, look at uh, healthcare or pharma as uh, you know one uh, segment because there are multiple business models within pharma the largest business model within pharma as per the weight in the index is uh, the unbranded generic business and that business is one that has not done well since covid outbreak um simply because that business has no differentiation in the product offerings and the buyers in the us market are uh, consolidated so the pricing pressure from that segment uh, for the manufacturers of pharmaceutical products and those who export to the us has been ha- very very high and because of that high pricing pressure uh, the margins the cash flow the roes have been under pressure which has reflected in a subdued stock performance however if you look at the other sub segments of pharma which is branded generics hospital diagnostics api contract manufacturing these buckets have done relatively better hospitals have been by far the best performers since uh, the last 12 months uh, followed by api companies and branded generic companies and these businesses are not as affected by the us thing because they are not they have got little to no exposure to the us market and therefore these businesses continue to do well so the product that we manage uh, incred healthcare pms uh, we have very less exposure to companies that have exposure to the us and we have very high exposure to companies that don't have any material exposure to the us so that's how we manage this risk right uh, so Uh, what are the tailwinds and headwinds uh, for the pharma sector going ahead so that again if i go segment wise uh, on the unbranded generic uh, business side the headwinds is the pricing pressure the consolidation of the buyers the incremental supply hitting the market even though the market is already oversupplied uh, those are the headwinds the tailwind to unbranded generic could potentially be the rupee dollar you know because they earn in dollars and they manufacture in rupees so that is a potential tailwind to that segment however we don't see that as a material tailwind and therefore we are not optimistic about the future of that business um on the branded generic side the headwind is again escalation in raw material prices which has happened because of you know the chinese shutdown the disruption in supply um the incremental power cost freight cost etc and um, the tailwind here is the secular consumption of healthcare products in countries like india the branded generic the brand also ensures that there is pricing power you can pass on the cost pressure to the consumer there is brand loyalty brand equity within the consumers and the pharma companies uh, there is very little asset intensity which is also continuing to remain low 
and the ROEs remain high. So that's the tailwind to the uh, branded generic side. Uh, on the hospital side, the tailwind is simply, you know, many discretionary procedures got postponed during the COVID era because patients and doctors alike were afraid to go to medical institutions in that period. Now those discretionary procedures are, so that pent-up demand is now sort of playing out. Um, hospitals, if you notice, have already reported higher than pre-COVID margins over the past uh, few quarters. And these margins are being reported despite the lack of normalization in medical tourism. Now, medical tourism is the highest uh, margin segment for hospital com- companies, but that hasn't come back to pre-COVID levels yet. And despite the lack of that, hospitals are already at all-time high margins, which effectively tells you that as and when medical tourism normalizes, hospitals will actually report even better margins than they're reporting today. Um, so the tailwind there is obviously a leaner structure that they have created during the COVID era and pricing power because even hospitals are branded. You know, they have their own uh, brand uh, following amongst the patients and doctors. In the diagnostic companies, the headwind is uh, the fact that they benefited immensely from COVID. There were a lot of COVID-related diagnostic tests that happened during the COVID period. Now, those tests are obviously not happening as much today. So they are losing out on the COVID revenue. The tailwind is the uh, normalization of the non-COVID business. This is the business which actually fell during the COVID period, but that is now coming back because as people go back on the road, as our social life normalizes, uh, we get exposed to alien environment outside of our homes. And that is when we fall sick. And that is when, you know, you need the regular tests, diagnostic tests to be performed on you to ensure that, uh, you know, you, you get treated well. Also, post-COVID era, you know, just the humans are more aware of their mortality and uh, more cautious about their health which is also which will also lead to higher utilization of diagnostic uh, tests and that is again a tailwind to the diagnostic industry so this is how we look at these five buckets uh, sorry i missed one api i think uh, api companies the headwind is again material cost because they import their materials from china and as i discussed earlier china has increased raw material prices due to various reasons um, and the tailwind for API companies is the China plus one. So China supplies about 70 to 80 percent of the raw material for healthcare products to the world. And uh, post COVID, uh, the China plus one policy that most of these countries and these companies, uh, you know, the pharmaceutical giants of the world have adopted, that has meant higher order book, more demand coming to the Indian shores. Almost all API and contract manufacturing companies in India have done a lot of CAPEX and they've announced a lot more to be done. And that is because their order book has, uh, you know, swollen up. And this order book has swollen up because they're getting orders from the consumers who were earlier buying only from China, but now want to diversify away from China. So this has resulted in, uh, you know, a very healthy order book and uh, capacity expansion which will be a tailwind for growth and margin expansion for these API companies as well. So to summarize out of these five buckets, the bucket we are not optimistic on is the unbranded generic bucket. The bucket we are very, very optimistic on are branded generics, API, hospital, diagnostics in that order. Uh, Talking about the outlook, uh, long-term outlook uh, over the next five years, uh, what is your view? So on the unbranded generic side, the next five years, uh, we assess that it's going to be as tough as it is today, simply because we feel that business model has structurally turned for the worse. The buyers have consolidated. There is no product differentiation. There is incremental supply hitting the market. 
uh, and and you know this is not something that you can switch on switch off overnight even for the incremental supply to unravel and eventually contract is easily a 5 to 10 year cycle from here so you know we are not optimistic on that uh, unbranded gendex side and let me remind you that the unbranded gendex are uh, around 45 to 48% of the healthcare index in our country so you know this is one very very large bucket we completely avoid this bucket because we are not very optimistic of the future of this bucket over the next 5 years on the branded gendex side we see very healthy volume growth plus price growth so on the branded gendex side the price growth is generally linked to the wpi in our country so this year the wpi that government allowed the uh, for these pharma companies to take price increases at was about 10.78% and the coming year is again going to be in the range of around 10 to 11%. So the volume growth in our country is generally 6-7% and the rest comes from price. So this price growth, if it is in the range of 10-11%, the total pharma market can grow anywhere from mid to high teens. So, and that is the top line growth I'm talking about. There is an operating leverage involved. So your bottom line growth will definitely be higher than the top line growth. So then we are looking at, you know, uh, uh, bottom line growth in the range of 20% plus. Um, so we are uh, we are extremely optimistic on the branded genetic side over the next five years and secular consumption is just brand equity, high ROE, high cash flow business, no leverage, no investments needed per se on the capital side. So we are very, very optimistic on uh, that business model. Um, then comes the uh, API companies. So on the API companies, next five years would, will all be about capacity creation and executing the order book and normalization of margins. So API companies have seen escalation in costs in the last three, four quarters, but they haven't been able to pass it on to their consumers yet. Their sales tend to be contracted. And as and when these contracts come up for renewal, that is when they increase prices. So over the last three, four quarters, since the uh, raw material cost, freight cost, power cost went up, because the selling price was contracted, they couldn't pass it on to their consumers. But we are seeing pass on happening now because contracts are coming up for renewal. And, you know, that is when... The, that is where the margin normalization will happen and the volume growth and price growth over a period of five years will simply happen from the order book and the China plus one strategy. Today we are in an environment where the consumer is actually paying advance to put capacity and is willing to commit a certain volume to these API companies over the next three, four years so that he gets, you know, a, a long-term contract with the API company in India. Now that sort of demand for API in India is unprecedented. And we feel extremely confident that over the next five to 10 years, uh, you know, API stocks will give very good returns to uh, shareholders. So which is where we are also optimistic on that bucket. Uh, hospitals, uh, next five years are going to be all about capacity utilization. So hospitals expanded capacity meaningfully in the last five years. Most of these hospitals uh, expanded capacity very, very meaningfully in the last five years. And they're today sitting at occupancy levels of anywhere between 60 to 70 percent. Um, now, as this occupancy ratio from 60 to 70 moves up to 70 to 80 or 85 over the next five years, you will see operating leverage because there is no incremental cost of a patient, additional patient being treated at a hospital, but he brings additional revenue. And that revenue will basically flow straight down to the EBITDA margin and to the PBT. Uh, and hospitals are also about increasing prices, increasing ARPOB, improving case mixes. So uh, with the government programs coming in and, you know, government taking care of primary care for a majority of the population, most of these hospitals are now focusing on tertiary care and secondary care, which is where the margins are higher and the utilization is low. So as that utilization improves over the next five years, you will see a meaningful uh, cash flow improvement.
improvement you will see meaningful roe improvement and margin improvement for these hospitals top line growth will be driven by higher utilization of the existing capacity for diagnostics uh, the next five years uh, would be also very very good we disagree with the fear in the street today where the street believes that the new entrants in the brick and mortar format or the new entrants in the online discounted diagnostic industry format uh, pose a credible threat to the incumbents we don't think they pose a credible threat not in the near or medium term at least uh, in the longer term may or may not be we'll see as time will tell us um but what we what we see that the new the non covid business of the diagnostic industry uh, industry will continue to grow at a you know low teen to mid teen pace and therefore these companies on their non covid side will continue to grow at low teen to mid teen and they, this is a very asset light industry so again very high roe high cash flow uh, you know and we'll see some consolidation in this industry some buyouts happening some uh, inorganic moves happening as well so most of the diagnostic companies will also do extremely well also on the diagnostic side i would like to point out that the government has been interested in the ppp model where government has outsourced some of their hospitals uh, diagnostic operations to private players uh, in search for efficiency better cost management and better service levels for its patients and that is again an unprecedented move in india and that that also makes us very very positive on the private industry in diagnostics and that is why we are extremely optimistic on that bucket as well coming to investor advice uh, thematic funds are generally considered to be riskier than um, diversified funds uh, what are the factors one should keep in mind when it comes to thematic funds so look uh, i i would question your premise in this case uh, you could call a healthcare product a thematic or a sectoral product but end of the day uh, healthcare is non discretionary consumption so the reason why uh, people perceive uh thematic or sectoral products to be high risk is because what happens if the you know sector suddenly stops performing in terms of volume growth or in terms of so let's say real estate or auto so what if the gdp you know falls and what if the disposable income falls then people will not buy houses and people will not buy um, cars and people will not take loans so if you have a financial sectoral product or if you have a auto sectoral product or if you have a real estate sectoral product those are high risk products because the performance of those products would depend on the gdp growth the interest rate the inflation in the economy uh, healthcare because its healthcare is non discretionary consumption is not a consumption for which many people take loan in our country uh, remember that india is the cheapest healthcare destination in the world we are cheaper than our neighbors also and you know we therefore haven't seen a cyclicality in the consumption of healthcare in india and therefore despite this product being so called thematic or sectoral we we feel that the product is amply diversified within the five buckets that i discussed with you during this conversation and also the fact that because the cons- consumption of these products is essentially non discretionary it is not exposed to gdp growth rate volatility or inflation volatility or interest rate volatility in any way hence uh, this product uh, is a safe bet is a secular safe bet for investors over a long term we have seen this product uh, do very very well for the investors who have stayed put and invested in this product and uh, we we continue to see that sort of an outlook for this product simply because india as a country today spends only 3 and a half percent of its gdp on healthcare uh, if you benchmark us to any other emerging economy they spend anywhere between 5 to 10% and some of the developed economies spend anywhere between 12 to 17% of their gdp on healthcare so we have a very very long way to go in healthcare uh, see if you look at the gdp consumption pyramid uh, 
it's always first you know roti kapda and makan which is essentially housing food and clothing but any disposable income which comes over and above this is always uh, you know consumed by healthcare and that is where you know we think india stands today we are at the brink of that 2000 dollar per capita gdp and uh, you know as we approach let's say 3000 or 4000 dollars over the next 5 to 10 years uh, we feel that incremental spend on healthcare will be extremely high that is the future the past 10 years while the india gdp might have grown at 5 5.5% cagr over the five uh, past 10 years uh, india healthcare market over the past 10 years has grown at the rate of 8 or 9% so we have actually grown 1.6 1.7 times the gdp in the past 10 years and the future looks even brighter given that people are now today far more cautious of their health because in the post covid era than they were in the pre covid era which is the last 10 years so we don't feel it's a high risk product although i we know that it is categorized as such because the underlying consumption is very very secular and you know very high growth pocket in our economy my last question is uh, what kind of allocation one can have to thematic funds like pharma so today the when you buy a diversified fund right so the weight of uh, Uh, healthcare in the broader indices like nifty or sensex nifty 50 or sensex 30 um is about 4 4.5% uh so when you buy a diversified product that's the exposure you get to healthcare and pharma uh whereas if you look at the uh, economies outside india uh, you know the weightages in of healthcare in broader indices tends to be about uh 10 to 20% so uh and we feel that over the next 5 to 10 years india's indexes will also start having 10 to 20% weight in healthcare as these healthcare companies outgrow the other uh, pockets of uh, industries within the nifty or the sensex and therefore what we suggest today is that investors should be today invested anywhere between 10 to 20% of his portfolio in healthcare so that eventually when healthcare starts to represent 10% of the index the investor would have already made that return on his investment and he would be sitting at 20 30% of his portfolio in healthcare so that's how we you know recommend investors to have about anywhere between 10 to 20% of his overall portfolio in healthcare so 3 to 4% he gets through his exposure in diversified products the rest uh, 7 to 17% he can you know decide to uh, invest in thematic products which are exposed to healthcare thank you for talking to us thanks for having me it was a pleasure That's it for today. If you have any questions, you can write to us at mintmoney@libmin.com. If you want me to cover any specific topic, DM me at @abnovcall at Twitter. To stay updated on this podcast, follow HD Smartcast on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and LinkedIn. To listen to more such podcasts, log on to hdsmartcast.com or suno nay nazariye se. This was a Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast.